Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we are about three days away from the NBA's regular season kicking off. It is official. Basketball is back. And today, we have the 19th annual NBA GM survey. Uh, this is something that has come out for, like I said, the, the past 19 years. NBA.com. You can go find it anywhere. Uh, but they have some predictions, some thoughts on the league. And I think it's a good way for you and I to have a rubric to go through and kind of give an overview of what we think about the NBA this year. But before we get to all that, BJ is back wearing Dreamville clothes, and uh, I, I couldn't feel more at home, BJ. I'm not in North Carolina this time, but uh, I appreciate you repping for Dreamville. That's uh, that's good to see. I have your jersey, as you know, waiting <laughs> yeah, for you, you when we can finally get together in person. You got a hat. You got a sweatshirt. I mean, you're, you're fully decked I'm out. I'm fully decked fully out, for thanks to our good friends over at Mitchell and Ness. Mm. And I've been watching Charlotte during the preseason. They're a fun group. Fun group. They are a fun group. I think the ball era has officially began. <laughs> and they're on my they're on my checklist as teams mm-hmm. to watch because they are fun. And um LaMelo has been very entertaining thus far. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the progression of this team. But in particular, what LaMelo is doing. He plays the game with a certain moxie confidence yeah you don't see often in a what 19 i think he's just turned 19 Mm -hmm. and i'm looking forward to it so i'm representing dreamville and all of your people down there and in North Kakalaki, as y'all like to say yeah. down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take your shirt off, swing it like a helicopter. You know how we do in North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, LaMelo Ball, 18 points the other night in a preseason game against the Magic. He looked great. And uh, a lot of enthusiasm around the Hornets. Miles Bridges always making some, uh, you know, electric plays. Bismack Biombo. Bismack's like catching the ball, going downhill, and kicking it out into the corner for three uh, for LaMelo a couple times. That was good to see. So we love the buzz. Happy to see the buzz. But, BJ, the real big buzz is everyone wants to know who's going to win the NBA championship this year. The, you know how it is. This is uh, These are preseason narratives. And uh, the NBA GMs will start there. Which team will win the 2021 NBA Finals? The GMs, 81%, uh, emphatically are saying the Los Angeles Lakers will repeat. Uh, the, the Clippers are second there, 11%. Uh, also, receiving votes the Nets the Miami Heat the Clippers last year uh, were the favorite at 46 percent but obviously not the uh, not the majority pick like it is this year with the Lakers and BJ I'll ask you simple are you with the 81 percent do you feel like we got a repeat on the way well I feel right now based on what I've seen because remember there were eight teams that didn't even play haven't played a game since yep <laughs> since March and based on what I saw in the bubble and what has been done thus far, you have to be in agreement that on paper, the clip, not the Clippers, the LA Lakers are the team to beat because mm-hmm. of two particular players, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And you and I have said this, this we're going to remind all the, all the listeners at home, they both are top five at two positions on the floor, yes. those two guys. So that's why they, they are so that they, they are two of the top five players on the same team. And that is why they are they have a separator, uh, you know, compared to most teams. And that's why they have a differentiator to win games. Yes. Now, in saying that. We have to see I have to see. I don't like mm-hmm. just crowning someone champion at the beginning of the season. That's why we play the game. Mm hmm. We don't know the effects of the bubble, 
on the team, in particular, the L.A. Lakers, because they haven't had an opportunity to rest. Mm -hmm. They've only had off for, what, a month? Yeah, basically a month. A month, and now they're back playing. So, But on paper, I like the additions that they've made with Marc Gasol and Montrezl Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. Um, You know, they've clearly retooled the team, and they're going to make a run at it. But we'll see how this plays out. I really don't know, to be honest with you. But I will say this. If I were looking at a team, if I was looking at it on paper, clearly the Lakers, before you do play the first game of the season, look they look like the team to beat right now. I think they're playing mm-hmm. very confident. You could see how confident they are in the preseason. Kuzma mm-hmm. and company, all of those young players are playing with a lot of confidence. So I'm going to say yes, but – you know, I'm, I'm, I always like to say I'm from Missouri, the show me state. You can show me better than you can tell me about it. I know mm-hmm. what the people are saying. I know what the, all of the experts are saying. <laughs> but, you know, someone's got to go out there and do it. So I'm going to I'm going to respect the game, if you will, Res- and respect the yeah, other 29 teams. Absolutely. And, you know, those four teams that are mentioned again that uh, the GMs think that have a chance to win the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets, the Heat, but not the Milwaukee Bucks. And they are picked as the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. 64% GM saying they will win the East. Brooklyn in second place at 25%. Uh, BJ, you and I, you know, with Giannis making this decision we talked about in the last episode, that was a, a, a statement to the rest of the league, a statement to his Milwaukee Bucks teammates and to the franchise as a whole. I expect the Bucks to to make some noise this year, so I find it a little interesting that they're not in the mix as you know a team receiving some votes of a championship caliber team. Because you and I both know that Giannis is uh, like we've discussed, you know, probably the most talented player in basketball at this point, and uh, definitely the most valuable player in basketball if you're trying to find someone to start a start a team with right now to win a championship. Well, this is a copycat league, Tate, mm. and now the the flavor of the month the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants... Now, heat culture. Yeah, heat culture. <laughs> Everyone wants an, a Duncan Robinson. Everyone wants mm. a Tyler Hero. <laughs> Everyone wants a two-way player. You know, think about that. You're a two-way player. No, that's how you're supposed to play the game. You play the game on offense and you play the game on defense. Why are we... <laughs> I mean, th- th- a two-way player is one of the terms that I I try not to use because everyone I mean you hope yeah 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 you would try to play an offense and you try to play a good defensive player why are we highlighting a two-way player right that's what you're supposed to do but give them credit give the heat credit for I mean really they've sped up the process no one Mm -hmm. anticipated myself included for them you know I thought they could make the playoffs this year I thought they could you know compete you know, it's going to take Jimmy Butler some time to fit in and put the right pieces around him. I didn't anticipate Bam becoming an all-star and ascending yep. to the level that he played at a year ago. And give them credit. They really now are in the now moment with young players. So I think they have a nice balance of youth, veterans, you know, the, mm-hmm. the old heads, the Andre Iguodala's and those guys, Udonis Haslam, who's you know, that, that's the role I'm looking for right now is the UD, you know, UD role on the team. And mm-hmm. 
you know, give them credit. So my, Milwaukee clearly has the best player. Clearly. Yeah. Okay. If he's not yep. the best player, he's in my mind, he's the best player. But, you know, if he's not one, he's two in the NBA. And, you know, I think if he can maintain his health, if they can get a, a different type of contribution at the point guard position from Drew Holiday, I think this puts them right back in contention. And I want to say this here because I, you know, it really it bothers me that we're, you know, Milwaukee has had the best regular season record for the last what two years now. Yep, yep. And you play the regular season with a purpose to get home court advantage, and I have to believe that home court means something. I'm not taking away what happened in the bubble. I'm not taking that away. That was that that provided its own set of circumstances that you had to deal with. But if you could play at home in front of, you know, we may not have a crowd this year, but if you could just play at home, I think that will make a different type of game than just playing in a neutral site like the bubble was, which provided its own, you know, obstacles and things you had to deal with. But um, I'm still going to put Milwaukee and in particular Giannis right there when everything will be said and done, especially in the Eastern Conference. Well, uh, the GMs, they were asked this question, BJ, and they agree with you. They said, if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, uh, 43%, the, the majority says Giannis Antetokounmpo of your Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and he is also tied at 43% with Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Those are the two guys that the GMs say would be number one. Number three is Anthony Davis at 7%. Uh, also receiving votes, LeBron James, Zion Williamson. Uh, last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo was 86% of GMs said he would be the guy. This year, that vote is split between him and Luka. Um, so I find that fascinating. You and I have talked about this. The NBA is not a U.S. domestic dominated sport right now. The two most uh, coveted players in the league are foreign born players and Giannis and, Yuk- and Luka. And obviously the GMs are pointing that out. So I, I think that's an interesting wrinkle as we as we head into the season as well. That really is. And it, it, it's fascinating to think that the executives in particular here, we're talking about the general managers in the NBA all feel that two foreign born players would be the best options for them to build their team around and think about mm-hmm. it. And neither one of those players went number one in the draft. Mm. Neither one of them. Yeah. And, and Giannis, when he was picked at 15, people laughed at John Hammond and were like, you know, who is this kid <laughs> from Greece that we know we don't ex- know about? Exactly. You know? And that to me, I find very fascinating because all my years as an agent, I've always said this to players and they always looked at me in a with a you know they would look at me kind of awkwardly when I would say this. I said what's your goal? What is it you want to do in the NBA? And their immediate answer 9 times out of 10, I want to be the best player in the draft. And I would write that down. And then they would say and then I would say, "Well, here's what I want in the draft. I want you to be the best player after the draft." Mhm. You want to be the best player in the draft, but I want you to be the best player after the draft. Those two players, they were the best players after the draft. Mm -hmm. Respectfully. And that kid, Luka Doncic, you know, he's continuing to just get better and better and better. I mean, his improvement from March to the bubble 
I'm really fascinated to see what he's going to bring from the bubble to this year. Mm-hmm. Because he continues to add new things in his game. And here's another organization that's a little ahead of the curve. If they can mm-hmm. stay healthy with Porzingis, they could, they could maybe cause some problems there. Because this kid, Luka Doncic, is 30-plus. He's 30-plus mm-hmm. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And Porzingis is, you know, he's an interesting player because of his size, his ability to shoot, stretch the floor, so forth and so on. Yeah, you can play five out when you have Porzingis yes. on the floor. And, um, but when you said that, that's what immediately caught my eye, was you have two form-born players who are the two best players, according to the executives in the NBA. You can't disagree with it. I mean, Luka and Giannis, they're young, they're athletic. They're both, you know, athletic, even though you say, well, Luca's not athletic. He's very athletic in his own way. He yep, has size. Yep. He creates space. He can Balance, shoot. like all, all those types yeah, of things. Yeah, and matter. he's strong. Yeah. He can absorb the contact. So he's what we probably, if you're in the scouting world, you understand this terminology. He's a ground athlete. <laughs> he's <laughs> mm-hmm. a, Low center of gravity. He's a ground yeah. athlete. You know, he, he may not jump and run. But on the ground, he's figured out how to create space and balance. And um, those are two great young talents. And uh, hopefully they'll be around for many, many years to come. Yeah, it's one of those things when I think back to the 2012 Olympic team, the U- Team USA, and, you know, it was, you know, Kobe and LeBron and Anthony Davis had just won a championship with the Kentucky. And he was basically the, the Christian Leitner role in that 2012 team. But we all knew he was the future of American basketball. And when you look at this list, I mean, he is the future of American basketball. It just so happens that there are two players not from America that are, you know, uh, maybe even more talented or more uh, elite, whatever term you want to use. And, you know, Anthony Davis obviously is a reigning champion and can continue to build his legacy and, and make the statement that he is, in fact, the best player in basketball. But that's why they play the games, BJ, as you like but, to but say. T- and, uh, t- let me ask you this. With no disrespect, and maybe mm-hmm. Midas here to look it up as we're or as we're you know chatting here how could zion be on the list after only a what 18 19 games yeah it's a little ridiculous i i i i, I, I mean I, I, I th- how could he be on the list after only 19 games especially compared to john moran a guy a guy in his class who outplayed him john, and out, i mean john know, moran yeah. i mean <laughs> Now, it's interesting. Yeah. That, to me, is a marketing. That's more marketing, if anything. You think if you bring Zion, the people will come and want to watch him play. Not necessarily you think Zion is you know, one I of the like, top I, players. Zion is a really good player, and let's hope that this young man is healthy and he will be the best Takes version the of Zion yep. and, and do those things. But you can't tell me that an ex- anyone, and I've scouted for many of years, after 19 games, you can tell me that he is a player that you want to build a franchise franchise around who hasn't proved it at this level yet. Mm. I find that hard to believe in that in in, 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 in that, you know I don't know what you know publication that was in, um, yep. that survey that after eighteen or nineteen games that he is one of the players that you <laughs> would want to build around. I, I I'm not buying that. I'm yep. not, I, I'm going to argue with that narrative. He could be, but you got to prove it now. You know, you got drafted on potential. Okay, let's take that word potential now off your name. What have you done? Yeah, let's let's turn it into production. Let's turn and, it. Uh, let's turn it here. At least here on pushing through, we're going to say, what what have you done? 
Yeah, we're production first. Yeah, production <laughs> a production first podcast. Uh, always known for that. Uh, the, another question they got asked BJ, which I think is something that you would find fascinating. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2020, uh, 2021? And uh, number one on that list, tied at the top 15% from the GMs, SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who you know well, Wasserman represented. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., of the Denver Nuggets, who had a good showing in the bubble as well. Number three, De'Aaron Fox at 12%. Number four, Devin Booker at 8%. Uh, and also Zion Williamson there at number four at 8%. Last year, De'Aaron Fox was at 19% to take that leap. Uh, I feel like Shea is the right answer. Uh, and I mean, maybe maybe I am. Uh, I bought into the OKC you know, train a little bit with, with Chris Paul being there and mentoring him. But I can see Shea taking that leap. And, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is obviously going to get more minutes with Denver now that Jeremy Grant went to Detroit. So you could see both those guys taking the leap. But I just wonder if there was anyone else that you had on your ra- radar, BJ, maybe like uh, DeAndre Ayton is a guy that comes to mind with me, just with Chris Paul being there and the pick and roll game with those two guys. Bull Bull is another guy. Cam Johnson with the Suns uh, is another guy, 6'8", you know, small forward, power forward. They can shoot a bunch of threes. Um, is there anyone else, BJ, that stands out to you that you may see uh, taking the leap other than SGA? You know, Shea had a, a great year last year. Yep. He really did. Shea is a big guard. You know, started off his career in, in L.A. We're here with the Clippers and and was in a trade with the Paul George trade and went on and had a really terrific year last year. But I think his role is going to significantly change this year with the absence of one player, Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. And when you go from being off the ball to being predominantly on the ball as the number one focus, it's going to change. And I think that's going to change from him. And that's going to take some time to change. I, I like the, the 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 one I think is going to have a breakout season, I would say probably is DeAndre Ayton. Mm. Just comes to mind here because if Chris Paul is healthy, DeAndre Ayton will be the biggest beneficiary of Chris Paul because mm-hmm. Chris Paul will be able to create offense for him and he can play vertical basketball in this new game. Mm. If there's a player I think is going to have a breakout season and really show what he's capable of doing and and reach his full potential, I think it's probably going to be Ben Simmons this year. Mm. I think Ben Simmons is primed. Why? Because Ben Simmons, one, he has a new coach. He's going to have a new system. Yep. And I like I like this. It's tough to go through as a player because I went through it as a player. But if you can get through this, you'll be better because of it. When your name is out there in trade rumors, Mm -hmm. it forces you to do one of two things. Either you respond to that or you you just buckle and crumble under the pressure. Mm. Ben Simmons right now is on the clock. People are saying, we value you around the league with an MVP caliber player like a James Harden. Make no doubt about it. Yep. But we feel that James Harden, or some may feel that the addition of James Harden with Joel Embiid is a better fit than Ben Simmons than Joel Embiid. Now, Ben Simmons is on the clock right now. 
Ben Simmons has to respond one way or another here. Mm-hmm. And I remember when my name as a player, just recall, it, it kind of forces you to grow up. It's like, I'm not a kid anymore. The potential game is over. Now it's about winning and losing. And if Ben Simmons accepts this challenge to come out and prove why he is valued the way some people value him as far as who he should be as a player mm-hmm. in this league, because you see his potential. I mean, you see the kid is 6'10", great size, play with both hands, defend, pass. You know, only thing you can really say is he doesn't shoot it consistently. If he comes out and accepts this challenge, I expect Ben Simmons to take a huge leap this year. Mm -hmm. I think he is in position right now for us to say either he's going to be a star like we thought he was going to be, or he's going to be an excellent role player or a star role player in this league. Mm -hmm. I think he will be the year. And I think Doc will challenge him to be the player that we all think he can be because he's really a special talent. So I expect out of all of the players, even though he has become an all-star, he's still unfinished in a, in a lot of parts of his game. But this is the year for him to say either he's going to do it or he's not. So I'm looking for mm-hmm. him in particular to take that leap forward to what we all hope he will become, which is a superstar in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think it's his uh, fifth year in the league, if I if I'm correct on that. So he came in in 2016, and you know, Ben has obviously shown, like you said, he's an all star. He's shown us that he has all the tools to make it work. Uh, and then hopefully, this is the year that he gets polished up and, and elevates himself to you know one of those guys that we're talking about in the East when we talk about you know a Giannis Antetokounmpo or Jimmy Butler. Ben Simmons tries to get in that class of guys that we're talking about. So. That's something to watch out for. We're going to go through just a couple more categories here, BJ. Uh, who was the best point guard in the NBA? They were asked. Stephen Curry, number one at 30%. Dame Lillard, number two at 22%. Luka Doncic, number three at 19%. Chris Paul, 15% at number four. Number five, LeBron James at 11%. And I just found that fascinating. LeBron James is the fifth best point guard in basketball, according to the GMs. That's how much the position has changed. Luka is the third best point guard. And, uh, you know, traditionally, we might say both those guys are small forwards. But, you know, the NBA GMs are basically categorizing them, as you and I both know, initiators, whatever you want to call it. They're playing basically point guard. Yeah, that, that position no longer exists, unfortunately. It's like the center position. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you all of those guys that you named on that list, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, who else was on that list? Um, uh, Luka, Luka and uh, Le- LeBron. LeBron, yep. All of those guys are 25 plus scores. Mm-hmm. So that point guard position is a scoring position now. Right now, the best player for me, if I'm building a team at the at the point guard position, would be LeBron James. <laughs> because yeah. of the versatility that he would provide to me, one on the defensive end, but the ability to play, you know play and and do and pass the ball and all the things that you do in today's game. So LeBron Mm -hmm. James does it for me. I think he led the league last year, if I'm not mistaken, in assists. And you can slide him around the floor and give you all the versatility and things that you're looking for in today's game. So um, I I love Steph Curry. I love Damian Lillard. I, 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 I love those players. I love Kyrie Irving. 
but those guys are all scorers. Today's <laughs> point guards, you have to score. I mean, how could we leave off you know, Mr. Triple Double himself, Russell Westbrook? Yep. I mean, there's only been one other guard putting up those same types of number in the history of the game, and that's the big O. Right, so you're yep. telling me the big O wouldn't be a top five player <laughs> in today's game. So I would say LeBron James because that's the way the game is moving. I think he's the best point guard on that list. And then you look at the other position you mentioned, which is the best center in basketball, which is you know slowly changing and evolving, whatever you want to say. Nikola Jokic, uh, our guy, the Joker, is number one at fifty percent. Number two is Anthony Davis, that's what I was who you and say. I. Yeah, Anthony Davis at 43%. Number three is, is fascinating. Uh, at 7%, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the third best center in basketball. And, you know, Giannis has been compared to Shaq um, around the basket. It's almost like bully ball. How can you stop him at times? Yes. Uh, AD is a force at the five. So that that's the center position now. It's two guys that aren't necessarily traditional centers. And then a guy like Jokic who can play point guard. He, Anthony, he can start I mean, the break. Think about it. We're, we're talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron James. LeBron James is a, is a small forward, and I just said he's the best point guard. And then Anthony Davis is the power forward, and I happen to agree and think he's the best center in the game because of the yep. way the game is played. You can't teach what those guys do at those other positions. Anthony Davis, in the end, he's a seven-footer who could rim protect, defend on the perimeter, pass, shoot, score, dribble. So if you have a, if anyone has a player that can match up to Anthony Davis – you could play the game at the highest level because there isn't a player who can give you the total package like Anthony Davis mm. at this time. Mm. A couple more before we get out of here. Uh, who is the best head coach in the NBA? Number one, uh, this is a good one, GM say Eric Spolstra uh, at a rousing 46%. Uh, number two is Nick Nurse, you know, an, an Iowa friend of the program here at 18%. Greg Popovich also there at 18%. At number four, Brad Stevens with the Celtics at 11%. Rick Carlisle got votes. Steve Kerr got votes. Last year, Popovich was at 55% and was the leader. Spolstra takes it this year. And uh, I think you and I both would agree that Spolstra bolstered his reputation uh, quite a bit around the basketball circles uh, um, in the NBA bubble. As you know, I I, I mean, I'm, I, I have a huge amount of respect for Coach Spo. I mean, Coach Spo, mm -hmm. he, he does it for me. Pat Riley... That's like my guy, you know, I could talk to him for days on end. But the best young coach or the best coach, in my opinion, is it's actually two guys that I I, 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 I love, right? Um, coach Nurse in Toronto. Mm -hmm. I, I love what he's done. I love, I love his coaching tree. I love that he's tested at every level. He's coached in Europe. He's coached in the G League. He's coached everywhere it is possible to coach. <laughs> I love how he relates to the players and what he stands for as he's on the sideline. And then the other coach that I really, really love is, is Billy Donovan. Mm. Billy Donovan was in a very difficult position a year ago. So you trade two all-star players, two all-star caliber players in Russell and um, Paul, George. Paul George. Yep. You bring in a player, Chris Paul, who could have very easily been disgruntled and upset for being traded to a team that wasn't expected to now make the playoffs after you've traded those two all-stars. 
Mm-hmm. And somehow you patch that all together. And that team was very competitive from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And like playing with each other. I mean, you saw it in the bubble. I mean, they had a great time. They, they had a great they time. They loved playing but with each other. Yeah. clearly, the direction of the franchise was going in, this, in the direction of we're building towards the future with all of the Yeah, direct- 27 first-round picks or something like that over the next 10 years. Yeah, For Billy Donovan to navigate that scenario, to me, I was very impressed with him. I was very impressed. I think the Bull, I think the Chicago Bulls didn't get a good coach. I think they got a great coach. I think they have a great coach. I think he's, a, without question, he's a Hall of Fame collegiate coach. Mm-hmm. But I like his ability to get those guys in the locker room under that level of duress because that's a very stressful situation to get guys to play hard who are currently there in the locker room, veteran players, well-respected veteran players, to say, yeah, this is probably going to be Shea's team. But right now, Chris Paul is the leader of this team, and this is going yep. to give us the best chance to win while all these other things are going around in the organization, draft picks, trades, so forth and so on. So Billy Donovan and Coach Nurse are the guys I'm looking at saying they've been able to navigate some things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just win with a you, you don't trade for just a player like Kawhi Leonard and just win in one year. No one's ever done that before. And Nick Nurse did it. And then watching how Billy Donovan navigated that situation. Because, I mean, he was like coach of the year. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah. and then doesn't inco- and then doesn't even come back there. So yep. clearly. They had some things going on around them that they needed to navigate. So those are those are my two favorites, if you will, or I shouldn't say favorites, but those are two guys that I said I really respect what they've done because it's it's tough to win in this league. And yep. there are a lot of things going on, things that we don't know about, but those two things that that I saw those coaches navigate. I was really, really impressed, and um, I think they are worthy to be recognized for what they have to go through to do their jobs and do them at the highest level. And we talked about it when we we had the James Harden trade, and we talked about professionalism and the way to get traded in the NBA is to play your way into a trade or to coach your way into a trade. And Chris Paul plays his way into a a playoff situation with the Phoenix Suns. Billy Donovan coaches his way to a young core in Chicago that he has a lot of talent. He has Patrick Williams, who looks like a kid that could be a Dark Horse Rookie of the Year candidate. He has Kobe White, one of my favorite guys around. Uh, You know, I think he has a lot of talent, a lot of upside. Zach Levine, who we both know has a lot of natural talent. Laurie Markinen, Wendell Carter, the list goes on. Daniel Gafford, I've enjoyed watching him play. So Billy Donovan goes there. He has the cachet of, I just took this young Thunder team and made them a competitor. They can see the proof in the pudding. And uh, I agree with you. I, th- I think both those guys, Nick Nurse came into a not so great situation. Dwayne Casey had set a foundation there. He gets fired. Coach he of the leaves. year. He was coach of the coach year. Of the- Exactly. So, like, that's hard to go in and, and build a culture coming off that, and he navigated it perfectly. Shout out to Masai Ujiri yep. as well. I mean, he obviously does a great job building a culture there in Toronto. So, those guys are great. couple more, BJ, before we get out of here. Uh, the, the GMs were asked, who is the toughest player in the NBA? And one, I just wanted to see who you think that is before I give you the answers. Who is the toughest player in the NBA, according to BJ Armstrong? If you had to guess. The toughest player. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I thought it was a very good question. I, I found it fascinating, the answers also. Chris Paul is one of those guys for me that I would say I throw in there. Chris Paul is tough. I, uh, I, I don't mess around with Chris Paul, so he's one I had on my list. But he's not, all, he's not number one. The toughest player in the NBA. You know, in today's game, they don't have – I mean, there aren't any more Charles Oakleys. There aren't any more players like that mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. who I think just play the game with a, a, the, the physicality of the game. I mean, I don't know who's on the list. I mean – Yeah, yeah. Number one is Steven Adams, uh, you know, who's – He's the strongest we, we, player in the NBA. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Steven. Steven is like – I mean, you're talking about, talking about a gentleman. I mean, he's – I mean, he's like one of the kindest spirits I've ever met. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't so, say he's tough, but okay, he's just I, without question. So he's, he, he, if he's not the strongest guy, he's the second strongest guy in the NBA. I can't imagine anyone so, stronger than him. So number two is probably more in line with toughest. I would say PJ Tucker at twenty five percent. I think PJ is probably you know the he's like a little enforcer. He's like a six foot three Charles Oakley. Uh, I guess uh, that's the closest they can get there. Jimmy Butler is at fourteen percent. Marcus Smart is at fourteen percent. Uh, Draymond Green is receiving votes. Montrez Harrell also receiving votes, and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard also receiving votes. You know, um, that's, that's a good that's a good list. You know, Tony Allen. Was a was a Tony, yeah. Tony Allen is like when I think of like when you say tough I think of like Tony Allen I think of those type of guys. You know what I'm gonna say? You know who is my t- toughest guy is Marcus Smart. Okay, there you go. I like that. I like Marcus. Mar- Smart. Marcus I th- Smart. I think is, he showed a lot. Yeah. Marcus Smart. I saw Marcus Smart in the last preseason game. Take a full collision charge on Joel Embiid in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Now and, and and didn't take it didn't take a second to think now, about it. In the he playoffs, was just like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's how in, I play. In the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. He did this in a preseason game. Yeah, and I was like impressed. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, Joel Embiid is a big man. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminded me the first time I played against Shaq. A quick story. Quick side note. <laughs> Shaq was coming down the lane and I was the only one there and I had to make a choice either I want to continue my NBA career or take a charge mm-hmm. with Shaq I let the big fella get a dunk I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I let the big fella get a dunk <laughs> and I just knew during the timeout that Phil Jackson was going to get all in my you know what I knew it. and he whispered to me Good decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a basketball decision. Yeah, 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 was, yeah. I mean, but Marcus Smart, he he stuck his nose in there and took it. So, um, you know, I, he's you know he he's he's my tough guy. If I had to get line yeah. up with one guy, I would I would say Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart's definitely in there. Last one, BJ. I think this is always a fun question, especially for the uh, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Skip Baylesses of the world. Uh, the the EM, the NBA GMs were asked, which player would you want taking a shot with the game on the line? Um, and I'll ask you that question, BJ. In the NBA right now, game on the line, who who do you have taking the last shot uh, in the current NBA? Because I think I think you could have a lot of different answers here. Obviously, a lot of guys are quote unquote clutch. It's not just one guy. Um, so. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my list and my criteria. Okay. okay, taking a shot like is it an open shot? Is it a 
I'm running uh, a play for. I think it's Craig Elo, Michael Jordan is okay. what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking we're like coming down. If I down, had to yeah. just give the ball to one player right now, I would give it to Luka Doncic. Mm. If I had to just give it to a player. And the reason, not because I think he will make the shot, is because I know he'll take the shot the next game. Yeah. I don't think he cares. <laughs> and I respect which, that. Which is great. I know. Yeah, I respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I, I yeah. respect that. I respect Short it. memories. I, yeah. I, I no no memory. <laughs> if Luca missed it, missed that shot five times, I, I, there's no hesitation that six is coming. Yep. Because you can't make every shot, and I have the almost utmost respect for him if he takes that shot. Okay. Okay. I like that. I, I think Lu, uh, Luka yeah, he Doncic, showed it against the Clippers. Luka Doncic yeah. to me, in the late, in the words of the late great Johnny Bach, he has the conscience of a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't pick up a rattlesnake and ask why the snake bit you. That's what it does. Luka mm-hmm. Doncic is going to get off a shot. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. And he'll live with the results of it. But he's a yep. very confident player with that ball in his hand. And I I don't just give my ball to anyone. <laughs> but when I do give that ball to someone, if you want me to have confidence in you, you better have confidence in yourself. Luka Dodges, I really feel when I watch him play that he doesn't think anyone in the world can guard him. Now, I don't, yep. know, if he, I don't know if it's true or not, <laughs> but he plays the game. Yeah, he thinks that. He believes and that. And I, I yeah. would give him my ball in the last minute and live with the results. And if he misses it, okay. He'll be back tomorrow. He'll be back yeah. tomorrow. It won't be like, oh, man. Same guy. It wouldn't be yeah. like, oh, man, I didn't get the right play. Oh, man, I didn't get the right screen. He'll be like, no, I don't need no screen. Just just give me the ball yeah. and get out of my way. So Luka yeah, Doncic would up. be my guy. All right, so here we go. The NBA GMs, number one on the list, Damian Lillard uh, at 32% is who they vote. Number two on the list, Stephen Curry, 25%. Number three on the list, Kevin Durant at 18%. Number four on the list, your guy, Luka Doncic at 11%. Number five is my guy. This would be my pick, BJ, Chris Paul at 7%. Uh, and then we got Devin Booker uh, also receiving votes. Jamal Murray also receiving votes. But uh, I, I'm I'm the same way. Last The person that has the ball at the end of a game is a person that has no conscience and they want to kill you and uh that is chris paul in my mind he may yeah. not he hasn't won a championship obviously but he's made that game seven shot in the first round against the spurs after they won in 2014 and 2015 right i'll never i'll never forget that i i, I was like oh my god he just defeated tim duncan yes they lost in the next round and that's the clipper story but uh chris paul is always one of those guys i like having the ball luca's probably the best answer i would say in the modern nba kevin durant's gonna get upset but kevin durant he thinks about it he remembers the shot that he misses stephen curry's the same way he remembers when he fails uh it is not a rattlesnake uh dame lillard dame lillard's got a little bit of rattlesnake yeah, yeah. In him. I, I, uh, I like dame i, I like dame yeah. I, I could already see yeah. luca luca you missed a shot luca be like Luca Shrug. Luca, yeah, yeah. Okay, I missed a shot. Okay, what time is the game tomorrow? Yeah, what time is the game tomorrow? That's what I want. I'm like, that's the guy I want to follow. That's the guy. He's like, why y'all looking at me? Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow and I'll be carrying all y'all. Yeah. Luca be like, well, you get a shrug and he'll keep it moving. So, yeah, that's that's the guy. But those are those are great players, great options. Um, but you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season to start now. 
Yeah, it's here. It's uh, it's right around the corner. That is the NBA GM survey we just went through. Myself, BJ Armstrong. This has been pushing through. We appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe, review, do what you got to do. We'll be back on Tuesday. NBA basketball will be back as well. And uh, like you said, BJ, we can't wait for the season to start, and we can't wait to have basketball back in our lives. Let's do it. And when we are in water, my friend. What do we do? We make waves. We'll see you on Tuesday.